Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. Join Andy Schneider, National Spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. All righty. Thank you very much for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. We uh, hope you're having a great week this week. I can't believe it's already August 1st. It seems like uh, June and July went by in about a week's time. Uh, I just I looked at the calendar yesterday, and I was like, it cannot be August 1st. But believe it or not, I'm starting to see some leaves falling uh, around the homestead here, uh, along the fence line and, and, and back in the uh, back pasture. And, and, and I'm like, wow, I guess Mother Nature knows something that, that we don't know. <laughs> but, um, wow, it's just August 1st, and I cannot believe that. Uh, hopefully, uh, your August will go as good as ours. I have some really, really exciting news. If you follow us on Facebook, if you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we hope that you do, you already know the big exciting announcement that I'm going to announce with you today. Uh, in fact, and, and you know, I just saw Dr. McRae come in the, uh, uh, the um, over on the switchboard, so I'm just going to play uh, a new commercial we have really, really quick, and then after the commercial, I'll bring Dr. McRae on, and then we'll kind of together uh, make the announcement. So listen to this. It'll give you an idea of what's going on here uh, and what we're really excited about. Are you one of the many Americans that keep backyard poultry? Do you want to give your birds the best care possible? The Chicken Whisperers Cooptastic 2020 Conference will teach you how, plus more, too. Cooptastic will be February 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, 2020 at the beautiful Alabama 4-H Conference Center near Birmingham, Alabama. Educational programs by poultry scientists, veterinarians, and nutritionists, plus fun activities give you an unforgettable experience. 
conference packages are available from just for a day to the full experience with meals, entertainment, and lodging. The all-inclusive package is an amazing value at around $300. On-site lodging is limited, so reserve your spot as soon as possible. Visit www.chickenwhisperer.com today for more details. All righty, so there you have it. It's the big announcement, Cooptastic 2020. Dr. McRae, I, I love that. I love that radio ad. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Sounds really fun. good. And uh, Rip Stalvey, who uh, who comes on the show as well with the American Poultry Association, he out of the blue did that, and then now he has a a video to go along with that um, with that voiceover, if you will. And it's, it's the man fantastic. has talent. He does, and he even uh, actually uh, volunteered his talent to come out and uh, to Cooptastic and uh, takes be a kind of our official photographer and and do some video as well, so we can put together even something uh, even more amazing for 2021 Cooptastic. But uh, I'll tell folks a little bit about it. You heard the ad; it's going to be February 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. It's over a weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday give you a very quick overview basically what we're visualizing is check-in on friday afternoon somewhere between four and six you check in you then you get your goodie bag and your program and you head up to your room and relax a little bit after the the long trip you made uh to the facility whether you're going to drive or fly or hitchhike or take an uber however you get there is on you but once you're there we have an all-inclusive package i'll tell you about in just a second but after that, we envision you coming down and, and, and enjoying us for, for supper at the facility. After that, we're going to have an awesome um, uh, campfire slash bonfire meet and greet with s'mores. That's it, so we can just all get together and, and chat chicken. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, and then Saturday morning it begins. We've got uh, meals provided for the certain package, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus snacks. We'll have three breakout sessions in the morning. We'll have three breakout sessions in the afternoon, plus a midday lunch and vendor opportunity for you. We plan to have lots of uh, vendors there uh, as well. And then Saturday night, uh, after the uh, all the educational opportunities for Saturday, We'll go to supper, and then late that night, we've got some entertainment, a motivational magician performance. Uh, really looking excited to that, to lift our spirits, get us excited about uh, all really all things poultry and life in general, and a little bit of magic thrown in there as well. And then maybe after that, another little meet and greet uh, afterwards. And then Sunday, we've got uh, a morning educational session with some breakout um uh, sessions and we're we're looking at tons of great topics. Plus, we're calling it some some educational labs, Dr. McRae, with maybe uh, observing a necropsy and some fecal flotation tests and and uh, maybe even yeah, a processing one as well. Or labs. Yeah, yeah, demonstrations yeah. or labs, so that you can actually like how many times for how many years have I been coming onto your show and say you don't know what's really going on unless you actually do. X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those times I'll, I'll talk to you, your listeners about like internal parasites. I say take a sample to your veterinarian and they'll do something called a fecal flotation test. Well, you're going to be able to do that at Cuptastic. So you can bring a sample with you, at, you know, fresh, not, you know, three weeks old. But <laughs> <laughs> and see for yourself what's going on. Um, you're going to be able to see a necropsy 
and see what's going on inside your chickens and when things go wrong, what they, you know, what could look different. Um, and these are skills that we have students graduate from college with. Um, not, you know, just master's degree students, but undergraduates get to do these sorts of things too so that when they're out there in the real world and they run into a problem, you know, they they can do a necropsy, assess what's going on. Um, and then, of course, some of the other speakers that we have coming in, nutrition. Um, we're going to have a poultry veterinarian there who is going to talk about um, – you know, poultry veterinarian stuff, but specifically we've got him doing the fecal flotation uh, wet lab and also the uh, coccidiosis. He's going to talk about some of the myths and realities of coccidiosis so that, you know, you actually have that college-level introductory understanding of coccidiosis like our students get. I'm really excited about it. It's awesome. We've actually, uh, I'm still reaching out to sponsors and um, and folks that want to be vendors here. And just within uh, hours of, of reaching out to just a few, uh, we've actually heard back from a couple. We're really excited. The very first one, <laughs> which really, I have to admit, uh, it surprised me because they're on the completely opposite coast out in California. But John Metzer and his son, Mark, uh, they stepped up and they're going to be there. They want to be a vendor and they're going to be sponsoring uh, one of the conference rooms, which is fantastic. They're at Metzer Farms out in California. And then we had the Urban Coop Company that stepped up. They are not going to have a vendor booth there, but they want to participate as a sponsor. They're going to um, they, they've come forward and, and have given um, a, a donation for us to use uh, to to make the conference go. Uh, and then and we can utilize that where we need it most, but also they're going to be donating a really cool chicken coop for us to raffle off uh, for the attendees there. So uh, Urban Ch Coop Company, home of the Round Top Chicken Coop, those are the first two have, that have stepped up just, I mean, almost immediately after we contacted them. And I'm sure we're going to have, as folks get look at their schedules and their travel schedules, where we hope to have at least 20 vendors there uh, for different companies uh, from around the country. So when you have vendor time, you can go ask them questions about their products and do some hands-on and they may have some things we're well, going to have door prizes uh it's just going to be a really exciting time one of a kind uh and it's going to be we're calling it the premier backyard poultry educational uh conference so we hope that you can mark your calendars now if you're listening uh, we're about seven months away technically as far as being august 1st but really we want to get everything wrapped up before christmas christmas is always a busy time but we'll still push this and say if you have a chicken lover in your life this would be a make a, a just a fantastic stocking stuffer or christmas gift you could give to a, a wife or a daughter or a son or anybody in your family or even a neighbor who's fanatic about chickens and um or even if you're all getting started if you haven't Absolutely. gotten chickens yet, because who's speaking to you at this particular conference? It's scientists, people who are going to tell you that which is known. Uh, they'll tell you where the limits of knowledge are, what they, where the, the myth begins and where the knowledge ends. So you're going to get the real deal from folks who – do the research on your behalf. And I think the best part is we've we've 
trying to, and I think we've, uh, I think we've succeeded with this, uh, really make it affordable for everybody because the cost per person at the end of the day is more than this. Uh, but at the end of the day, for the participant, for the attendee who wants to sign up, for the all-inclusive. So again, I said earlier, the way you get there is on you, whether you fly or hitchhike or drive or Uber. Um, but once you're there, we have an all-inclusive package. It's incredible, $299, and that's going to include, again, your two-night accommodations, two-night hotel. It includes all your meals. There's six meals involved. you got three or, or, or one on Friday, three on uh, Saturday, and then, again, two on Sunday, plus your snacks when we do the, the breakout sessions. And um, it includes your entertainment, the, the uh, motivational magician, the, the s'mores. Um, bonfire, your goodie bag, which we're really anticipating and having about a $100 retail value of stuff and goodies in that bag for you. So at $299, we're looking at seven months out. That's less than $50 a month you have to kind of set aside selling some of those backyard eggs to, to your neighbors or putting a little aside when you do some extra things uh, uh, to, to earn that extra cash. So you've got plenty of time to plan. And at $299, uh, shouldn't have any problems with uh, the setting out aside, so you can come and join us for Cooptastic 2020. We're looking forward to it and having you there. Good announcement. Thank you. Thank you so much. So now, moving on to uh, our topic today, all about chicken waterers. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you know uh, last month, I think it was, it may have been the month before because we've been so busy, uh, we had all about chicken feeders. And now we're talking about all about chicken waterers, the different um, options that are out there for you uh, from the old-fashioned just fonts. And you've got metal fonts. You've got the plastic fonts. You've got now nipple drinkers. You've got the buckets. You've got cups along with the nipples. You've got you, – you name it. There's and You've got self-contained systems that are – or you have the reservoir of water. You've got some that are hooked up to yep. water all the time, coming right out of the hose. Yep. All these different options. And so you've got the newbie going, oh, my gosh, what's going to be the best? And they may not choose what's best for them. And then they're like, I'm so sick and tired of these shavings being in the water in my brooder. <laughs> yeah, what can I do? And, and there's one question she's going to ask to us today. And uh, this question has been looming for, for years and years and years and years and years. And I said, Dr. McCravey, we have to address this because we always read, we always hear it's the politically correct answer. Um, it may just be the correct answer. Uh, bottom line is that you really need to supply uh, fresh water to your chickens all the time. They need that. Is it is it is for their for their health and life. Um, the question is, if you have eight or nine chickens and you have a five gallon water font there, then you know how, how fast are those six or eight chickens going to be going through that? Is the purpose of buying that five gallon water font or that seven gallon water font that you see in, in the box stores and in the feed stores, you know, that your six or eight chickens are going to go through that in uh, over a period of several days. So uh, by doing that, you know, I just filled this up on Monday and guess what? You know what? It's about halfway down, three quarters of the way down on Wednesday or Thursday. Now I'm going to re you know, empty that out, put fresh water all the way to the top, clean the water real good. So is that technically um, uh, abiding by kind of that that, un, uh, that that underwritten rule that provide fresh water to your chickens every single day. They need access to fresh water every day. Does that mean if I have a seven-gallon water font and six chickens and I fill it up today and they've only used a quarter of that seven-gallon water font, does that mean I need to guess what? Fill it up tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, even though they're using a quarter of it or because it's full with fresh water on Monday and uh, still half full on Wednesday, 
Is that still the ideal? Hey, I'm providing fresh water for my chickens. That is a huge question people ask all the time. You've got folks when, – when I did a poll a few years ago, Dr. McRae, it was like, do, do you change your chicken waterer out every single day? And of course, everybody's backyard setup is different, but I did notice from that poll – and this was years ago, uh, at least five years ago – that the folks that, says, that said in this poll – Yes, I change, refill my waterer every single day with fresh water. Uh, I found to come that, that they had a, a one-gallon water font that they used for chickens where they're, it seemed like they're – well, you, <laughs> you've got a one-gallon water font and you've got 12 chickens. You, you're having to refill it every day because they're going through that every day where the folks that said – you know, I, it, that used a larger, say, five- or seven-gallon water font, um, they're like, well, no, I may do it every other day, every third day because that's when the font gets pretty low and I need to change it. So she's going to talk about that as well, and I think that's tremendous because that's, that's, that's been a question for forever. For, that people have, and, and they, everybody has their own answer to that. But Dr. McRae is going to kind of uh, elaborate on that a little bit uh, based on what I just described. So I'll let you start all about chicken waterers wherever you want to start, and we'll work that in whenever we want to work that in. But we're ready to take some notes about all kinds of chicken waterers and what's best for us. Well, that was a great introduction. So let me just feed off that for just a moment. Don't disappear. So when no. you say fresh, what do you mean by fresh water? Um, I know in the summertime people like to use well, – you need to have access to fresh, cool water, um, and then there's ways we can go about doing that and providing that. But fresh would mean fresh. I would guess not stagnant or um, not dirty water, not contaminated water. <laughs> and we're talking so about chicken. Clean. That's a loaded question. So fresh, clean, you mean, right? by fresh you mean clean and you mean cool. In the summer, you mean cool. Sure. Um, and by stagnant, does that mean um, oxygenated water? Or do you mean well, clean by stagnant? Well, when I, I, when I think stagnant water, I mean if it's – to me, what I picture in my mind is – Oh, we had a shower earlier this morning, and there's some stagnant water over in a low spot in the yard or in the garden, and they're over there okay. drinking that. That that picture stagnant being not not from the really the water font, not, not the water flowing. really not, not providing water. Well, not the water we're providing for them yet, and that maybe the technical answer is not flowing. But when I think stagnant, I'm thinking just some <laughs> collection of water they found roaming the the backyard and and are drinking out okay. of that, and you're like. We've all done that. We've so looked at our chickens. That and we're like, seems to tie Mac more into clean. Okay. okay. So, yeah, exactly. um, so let's address clean and cool, and maybe we'll get into stagnant by degrees, okay? Okay. So for obvious reasons, we're in summer. Let's start with cool. Um, chickens will not drink water that is too hot. They, if they don't drink water, they will stop laying eggs and they can die very quickly. Heat stroke can happen really quickly um, in the right conditions. So definitely when it's days like today here in Alabama and near you in, in Georgia, you want to make sure that they have enough water and if you can try to keep it cool 
meaning if you can move that water to shade, if you can put it under a shelter, if you can keep it out of direct sunlight. Yes, I know there are wonderful cleaning powers of sunlight and UV rays, but that also countermands cool in this weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have water that's just sitting out next to the chicken coop because it doesn't fit in the chicken coop or because you've moved it out of there for one reason or another, um, and it gets hot, don't expect your chickens to drink it. If you're not sure how hot that water is, go take the thermometer that you have around the house and stick it in there. Stick it in the middle of your water. And and that doesn't mean the middle of the part where the chickens drink. I mean, you could start there, but then take the lid off and stick it in there. And, of course, when you're all done with it, you know, and disinfect the thermometer before using it on yourself. <laughs> I do mean clean and disinfect, like with rubbing alcohol and all that lovely stuff after soap. <laughs> um, and get the temperature of that water. And if it's too hot, then chickens aren't going to want to drink it. If it's if it's like baby formula warm, that's when they start to go. Mm, I think I'll drink less of this. Because remember, in the summer, the chickens are already wearing a feather coat. They're already pretty warm. Um, they can't drop that coat, you know. They're not they're not able to just, you know, shed those feathers other than during a molt. And you never know when that's going to happen. Um, and their body temperature can go up to almost like 107 degrees Fahrenheit. So to expect them deal with hot water when the hot water is something that they can use to diffuse the heat that their body's creating um, you've got to give them the tools they need to win that battle against mother nature by providing cool water other things that you can do you can freeze water bottles and stick them into your your um, chicken water mm-hmm. some people put out ice cubes in open watering systems but one, honestly, one of the most effective things you could do is have um, kind of a continuous water system. Like a, I like closed water systems, like nipple drinkers, mm-hmm. where as long as that hose that leads to the nipple drinker or your source of water doesn't heat up, and mm-hmm. I, I do like having hoses hooked up to nipple drinkers with like a float valve, um, if you can keep that hose out of the sun, then the water that makes it to the, the nipple drinker stays cool. Um, but not everybody's set up that way, and, and there are little measures that you can do to, to you know, choose a, a hose that's a lighter color, maybe run, run that hose under some bushes or bury it in the ground, just a light layer, um, mm-hmm. or put straw over the top of that hose. Um, just so that it's not absorbing the heat from the sun. Uh, but I like closed water systems. And that's a nice segue to the other part of what why we want fresh water. Clean water is part of the fresh part of water systems. Um, what's the most common type of water you see at any feed store, chicken water that you see, uh, in any feed store when you walk in, Andy? 
sure it's going to be probably a plastic one-gallon water fountain. If you look higher on the shelves, you'll see uh, the three, five, and larger seven-gallon plastic water fonts. Or you've got, I guess it's the galvanized um, water fonts, which are still one, three, five, or seven gallons, uh, but they're just made out of the galvanized uh, metal. But probably the most popular you see around is a a one-gallon plastic water font. With the red base. Unless you've got baby chicks, and then they've got the quart size. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to make, and I wish they still did, but I understand there were flaws. Um, uh, instead of the one quart, it was a two quart top that would go on that same base for the um, for the chicken waters. Uh, oh, I loved those things because that meant I didn't have to deal with the water as often. <laughs> but um, having an open water system is great for chicks and for adult birds. Um, a lot of times if it's that kind of see-through plastic, you can see what level the water is at and if it needs more water added to it or if it needs changes. You can't quite do that the same in the metal fonts. For that, you've got to kind of pick it up and see how much water's left in there. Do it by weight. Um, but I really like closed water systems. And they come in a couple of different designs that I'll describe for you. Um, Nipple drinkers, which were originally um, came about, I think the originator of that was the Ziggity Water Systems, and it was for commercial poultry. (laughs) Basically, it's a PVC pipe, which on the bottom side of that pipe, as it's running parallel to the ground, Mm -hmm. hanging in the coop, uh, as it's running parallel to the ground, there's these little red or sometimes yellow or sometimes blue, um, but usually red and yellow, um, what looks like buttons coming off the bottom, uh, off the bottom mm-hmm. of it. And the red or the yellow is a stimulatory color for the, the bird. But coming out of the center of that is this shiny stainless steel metal nib or nipple Mm -hmm. and inside the the red part that kind of extends up inside of the pipe is a ball bearing so when the chickens or the turkeys or the ducks or whatever you've got hits that metal that has that a very enticing shimmering droplet of water (laughs) hanging from it when that bird hits it um that pushes the nipple up to the ball bearing inside, which releases water from the PVC pipe, which then trails down that nib and into the bird's mouth. And they can either hit that nib a couple of different times, or sometimes they just um, they just kind of hold their beaks there, and it, it trails right down their throats. So um, a closed water system. Inside that PVC pipe, none of the dust from the air gets in there. You've got um, you've got no fecal material that ends up inside there. Versus, it used to be everyone used trough waters, and there was a constant flow of water from the high end of the trough at one end of the house to the low end of the trough at the other end of the house. And it would drip into um, like a tube that would then kind of flow out. Of course, 
depending on the time of day, you might be able to adjust the rate of flow. But still, dust, fecal material, feathers, shavings, all that can end up in there. And once or twice a day, farmers would have to go through with a scrubber brush and scrub those troughs on a daily basis. Now, you might not have to do that, but you know, scrubbing your water is a good idea. Whether they're made out of plastic, metal, glass, and some of the antique ones are made out of crockery, um, glazed crock, uh, pottery. Uh, not very many glass ones will use anymore. They just didn't survive. But a uh, collector's item, nonetheless. <laughs> so you've got a closed water system that has to be cleaned less often. Um, water flows in and um, pressure can be added either by pipe or through other means um, to make sure that the, the water doesn't just sit in the tube when the bird hits that nipple and actually flows out and the bird can access to it. Too much pressure means that they constantly drip. And of course, water that does nothing but add water to the litter mm-hmm. means that you're going to get ammonia production. You've got cake that can develop. Um, wet litter is just bad news. Any time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it can lead to fly breeding as well. I'm so, not sure. I'm not sure how they. Um, well, I'm sure there's a formula because, man, when I, when I attend a lot of the commercial um, conferences, they, they've got a formula for everything, and which is fantastic because I can learn so much from it. I know that – so they, I'm sure they have a formula with the number of chicks or chickens in that particular house, um, how – what flow needs to be. I know they, they, they have it all down in right. mathematical – um, when you use something, I don't think, unfortunately, it's on the market anymore, but there may be something like it, like the, the, the chicken fountain. And it was uh, basically a you hooked a hose to a PVC kind of container that had the nipple drinkers on it. And um, way back in the day, I was talking to Frank about that, and he was going to send me one for free. And I said, well, just send me the biggest one, obviously. And he says, well, no. We need to do the math here, and based on the coop you're going to put this in, how many chickens are, are is this going to um, serve? Because we don't want to have the biggest one with just a coop of six chickens because you're not rotating through that water fast enough. They're not drinking enough, so you may have that stagnant water in there. So we want to match this uh, water font that we sell with the, the correct number of chickens. So that water is always it's always fresh. It's always circulating. And if you have too few chickens for even our biggest, say, chicken fountain, then uh, they're not circulating that water fresh water is not coming in as fast enough um, for them so so even back then was an eye-opener for me based on even if you have these systems that's why I'm sharing it for folks to say don't just say oh with the biggest one that'll be the the best value Uh, you want to make sure even with that nipple system that it's the right size for the number of poultry you have so that water filling back up depending on what style you have 
um, is circulated on a continual basis. And, and really quickly, I did a research here. Uh, I call it research. A Google researcher <laughs> um, about the hose sitting outside in the sun. <laughs> and it said, hey, I'm a Google researcher today. Um, water sitting in a garden hose that's exposed to summer sun can reach up to 190 degrees. In fact, I'm looking at a report from uh, the Today Show where a young uh, child was severely burned with second and third degree burns uh, due to that very uh, issue of water sitting in that hose in the sun and building up temperature. I also saw in a matter of um, uh, in a matter of just let's see two hours you, you you pull the hose out into your yard that has full sun and in a matter of just two hours that temperature of the water in there can reach uh, 120 degrees capable of producing thermal scald injury so just just to relate i know most people knew that when we were talking about it but within two hours uh, that water in that hose can scald a human let alone uh, an infant or a child, and get up to 190 degrees, which is about the temperature of, say, your coffee in the morning when you get from the, from the restaurant. So uh, just to give you an example of how hot that can be, I wanted to follow up with some numbers since you mentioned that. Um, but but you carry on. Fascinating. <laughs> so one of the other things that you didn't mention with nipple drinkers is mm-hmm. with open water systems, need to have the correct number of inches of space per bird mm-hmm. because if the birds can't gain access to it because everybody else has access to it then they're going to go thirsty mm-hmm. and thirsty birds don't lay eggs and you know we're back to the same situation <laughs> that we yep. were trying to avoid um, by switching things up so you know the number of, of linear inches that you have um Either if you've got a trough style, or even if you have one of those round style gallon or larger fonts, um, I doubt that anybody's actually taken a measuring tape around there, mm-hmm. the edge, just to see how many inches um, birds have access to. But it's important that birds have enough space to get to to the water, um, because if there's a rush. Like, say, maybe you put a new feed out and it's a little saltier than the last feed and maybe you didn't transition as well as you should have to the new feed and there's a rush on water. You know, the birds are going to start pawing each other, climbing on each other, all to get access to water. And you want to avoid that situation. And the bigger your birds are, the more space you need. So if you've got turkeys, you need they've got a bigger head. They need more space at the water and at the feeder. Uh, so you've got to respect that uh, because the birds, you know, you can't go for very long without water. And that's not fair to the birds. So don't ask, don't ask it of them. I got to uh, go to break. Uh, got to go oh. commercial break. But let me let me because I'll forget it. I know myself. Uh, a lot of times I'll see folks that want to go to the nipple system after they've started the, say, I've got a, I've been using a five gallon water font and it, it's just, it's time consuming and I'm at the shavings or so. So I want to go to a nipple system and, and I see this nine times out of 10. I, I got this nipple system set up or whether it's a chicken fountain or the other products that are, that are available out there. And I put it in there and they ignored it. 
They did. They they still they still drink out of the other. Well, so now this may be the wrong information because a lot of times uh, when I'm talking with folks, I'm like, look, if you keep that water that's there, the five gallon water font in there, and 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 they're used to that for however long they've been used to that, and then now you put this new watering system in there, it's not really I don't think because I think they adapt to it very very quickly and figure it out very very well and quickly that they're just going to go to back what they're used to. So we had success telling folks say. You remove that 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 five gallon water font that they're and and so the only choice they have here, uh, even if you have to kind of guide them over the first time or kind of hit those little uh, nipples there and what you know kind of teach them a little bit because they're so used to the other one then then yeah if you just keep their regular old water they've always had in there and then add this new thing they're they're going to keep drinking out of that old water. I wanted to share that with folks that may, <laughs> after listening to this, want to go to a nipple system and they call me and say or email me, they didn't like it. They, they didn't even use it. They just kept using their the regular old water font because it was Yeah, you there. could put a tractor tire in there and they might not understand what that is either. <laughs> you know, it's, it's completely foreign to them. So, exactly. yeah, you put a tractor tire in there. You put a nipple drinker system in there. What do I do with that? Well, you got to teach hmm. them got to teach them real quick but um if this is the first thing they see for example i think you and both of i you and i both have experienced this you you just get your shipment of baby chicks from the hatchery and you go and you put them in the brooder and the only thing that's there is a nipple system uh, it's amazing how fast they'll figure that out attracted oh, yeah. to that red it, it's crazy because it's bam and you have uh, to set it at the right height you have to put it higher than where their head is at versus an open watering system should be right about where their middle of their back is. <laughs> you need to set a nipple drinker system so that they reach up to tap it and the water flows down their throat. They're not going to reach down and try to get the water <laughs> or reach sideways and try to get the water. You want that water, if it's a traditional nipple drinker system where the, the nipples are on the bottom of a tube or a bucket, they need to reach up to tap it. Um, but I'll let you go to commercial break, and we'll talk about that some more. That sounds fabulous. Stay with us, folks. There's more. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. 
They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders. Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com. That's SweetPDZ.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. At Kambach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kambach Feeds. Find a dealer at kambachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today. I want to tell you about right now a sale that is going on. It's, I guess you could call it unprecedented, uh, and it's going on over at Amazon, and it is um, uh, a sponsor of ours, um, Chicken Delight. Uh, and the reason y'all, y'all know, y'all heard about it, y'all longtime listeners. Uh, we tested this product for almost an entire year. Uh, here on our homestead before it even came to market. I initially was excited to do this because it was developed by scientists at a global, um, new, uh, really nutrition global succulent company, uh, Phytobiotics out of Germany. And uh, they approached me and said, yes, let's, let's, I said, let's do this. Uh, and now it's come to market and it, they've, it's never been on sale since it's released. Never, not a single time. Um, and now they have cut the price for a limited time at Amazon fifty percent. So what you need to do fifty percent. I think it's normally thirty four ninety five for a jar. And it is 
they powder, and he actually one per gallon, uh, so it's very easy to uh, form it. And, and then whatever you get a five-gallon water, it's five scoops. It is basically an electrolyte. It is vitamins. It is minerals. It's amino acids. It's a probiotic. It's a prebiotic. So if you're buying all this separate stuff, just one jar has it all. Chicken Delight, and for a limited time right now, it is on sale 50% off. So I don't think I guess uh, do the math. Uh, it's not thirty four ninety five. It's seventeen dollars and I don't know fifty cents or seventeen forty nine. But fifty percent off, unheard of. Never been on sale since its release, and now for a limited time. So head over to Amazon and uh, type in it Chicken Delight D E L Y T E Chicken Delight. You'll see it'll pop up, and you'll see the original price of thirty four. I guess it's ninety five, and it'll have a little button you can click. Fifty percent off coupon. And it is instant savings. You can add it to your cart. 50% off Chicken Delight for a limited time. Go check them out over at Amazon. All right, let's get back to our show here, all about chicken waterers with uh, Dr. Bridget McRae. And uh, we've covered several so far, and we've got, I think, many to go. Also wanted to – I don't know how much more to dive into the, the nipple waterer, but another challenge for the folks that listen to the show and our fans that live in a very cold climate. Uh, nipple waterers can have their own challenge uh, regarding freezing uh, in during the winter time. So that's obviously something before you spend a ton of money on a nipple drinking system to be aware of if you live in a colder climate. Now we started off talking about heat because we're in the summer and uh, she may be following up with that, but I wanted to tell folks that look at uh, the uh, maybe so the, the negative Yes. You you are kind of sounds like you're skipping a little bit. Uh-oh. Um the way the sound is coming across um it kind of sounds like your your record is skipping. <laughs> but we can still understand you. But I don't know if you need to restart something to fix that or not. I will try it. I will turn it over to you and then I will and reboot it's not, our switchboard. It's not consistent. It's uh okay. it's, it's happening inconsistently, but only after the commercial break. Okay, good. Not the first half. Good. Excellent. I will do what I can. I'll turn it over to you. You can continue because okay. they'll be able to hear you, and I'll reboot the uh, switchboard system, and that may or may not help, but we'll try it. Thank you for letting me know. Sure. Well, folks, um, one of the things that I was telling you about before the commercial break was the height. Um, you know, if you've got multiple heights of birds in your coop, nipple drinkers get a little harder um, bantams maybe need to stand up on a brick or something in order to to reach a, the nipple drinker that the rest of the flock might easily reach. Um, so you have to you have to accommodate your own flock if need be um, with little adjustments. But um, one of the one of the problems with nipple drinkers is that the nipples are on the bottom of the tube. And if you have, like, say, high iron content or hard water, um, you might get a little layer of detritus that fills up along the bottom of that nipple drinker system. And you'll need to clean it. You either got to clean it physically or you got to clean it chemically. So... If you think about a big commercial chicken house, those nipple drinker systems go hundreds of feet before they come to an end. Now, during clean-out after every flock, those farmers have to go in there 
and they have to flush the water system. So what they'll do is they'll place a bucket at the end of each water line <clears throat> or two and take the end off and let all the water run out and then um, dump that water and then they'll go through and probably do one of two things. They'll either flush with high amounts of pressure or, and that's kind of the physical scrubbing that we were talking about, because you can't go in there with, you know, uh, a scratcher pad and just go in there with a, a scrubber. Uh, but they could also flush it with, like, say, citric acid, which is a food-safe ingredient, and flush those water lines with, uh, you know, something that's going to disrupt physically and chemically whatever biofilms or or mm -hmm. layers of, of material, maybe bacteria or something that could be, um, you know, mineral content that could be in there. And then, you know, once they flush with the, the citric acid, then that's something you can find at your feed store or they can order for you. Um, and that's for any of your water lines. Citric acid is a good cleaner. Always follow the label directions when mixing it because it is an acid, um, and don't harm yourself. Wear protective equipment. Uh, but you could also go through and use bleach after um, that. There are some disinfectants that they'll run through there before they put fresh, clean water in there. You also have to keep in mind if you're putting electrolytes in the water, that salts up the water and, and changes the the water a little bit you may have to actually physically scrub whatever is accumulated on the bottom or the sides of your water um, but it is a little more challenging to clean a nipple drinker system when the nipples are on the bottom of the tube or bucket <clears throat> and to, in response to that some of you oh so clever uh, backyard flock owners have started putting the nipples on the sides of buckets usually they're square buckets but not always but putting the nipple on the side means you have to change the nipple design so sometimes there's a little lip on the edge where a little tiny bit of water accumulates that attracts the chickens again usually the water um, is shiny on on the middle nib but you've also got the red color which draws the birds in and they see that as an, a, an attractant color. Um, but that allows you to, to bypass any material that has accumulated on the bottom of the bucket because, you know, not all of us can choose what our water type is and how much, you know, mineral content is in there that can accumulate, but it won't plug up your nipple drinkers. You should check every day that your nipple drinkers are operating correctly just simply by tapping them and making sure that, that water comes out. Um, but that's very simple. In, in the hundreds of foot long nipple drinker system that they have, what they'll do is they'll just walk with um, some sort of a, a brush that they'll walk the entire length of the line, which also does the double duty of kind of cleaning that, but they'll walk and just trigger each one and then they sit back and watch and see if any of them drip uncontrollably. <laughs> and then they know that one needs to be replaced. So 
not only are you buying a nipple drinker system, but you're also buying the replacements. Having those on hand, a few extra on hand, is always a terrific insurance policy. And one of the things I do not care for with buckets that have nipples on the bottom is when that bucket is full and if your chickens are running around you and you lose your balance, you're going to want to set that nipple drinker, that bucket with nipples on it down, which can damage the nipples. And then, of course, all your water runs out. Um, That has happened to me. And then, of course, not having extra nipples on hand meant that I had to go run to the feed store real quick, and it was super-duper annoying that, and I left my wallet at home that day. But it <laughs> <laughs> didn't help. didn't help things. It was just kind of like one of those days where you're like, the struggle is real. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that's what it was, was. I was trying to stop a chicken from coming out while I was going in, and I lost my balance, and I set it down. I set it down hard, and, um, yeah, (laughs) it happens to everyone. (laughs) So let my lesson, my experience, help you. That's what we want is to help you get things done a little more easily. Um, So if you don't, have nipple drinkers or nipples on the bottom of buckets or on the bottom of lines, that means cleaning can be a little easier. You can actually focus more on the physical disruption of any anything that could be on the bottom of the bucket, but still I would I would continue to, to keep the lid on that and keep that system closed. We've done the research and the amount of time, one week, that you have stuff accumulate in a open water system with an open water you can put water in to a closed water system whether that water goes in daily weekly whatever you don't have to clean for like a month that's how long it takes for that closed water system to accumulate the same level of bacteria as an open water system Hmm. so um, you know, we've done that work. We know how long it takes. Um, we added water uh, every other day um, for our closed water system, our nipple drinker system. But that's just good information for you to use uh, when deciding which system you'd like to put to work on your behalf instead of you working on your water system's behalf. It doesn't have to be the other way around. You can work on your chicken's behalf, but if you're a slave to the watering system, you're going to begin to go, I hate the bending over, or mm-hmm. uh, I, my, uh, you know, why does my water have to be so crappy? I don't want to see a layer of this, that, or the other. We want your experience keeping chickens to be a wonderful one and yeah. never for there to be resentment for anything that you're doing. You find out things a lot too. So we will have the the five gallon plastic water fonts here. The three gallon, it's it's you just you have to fill them up too much with the amount of chickens we have, and so we like the five gallon. We've tried the seven gallon, thinking, oh, let's go a little bit bigger. But at the seven gallon, it's very inconvenient for for my wife to tote around or me. That the difference yeah. between yeah. five and seven is very heavy, and so that made that made 
it was even more of an inconvenience thinking, oh, larger would be better, but that the seven-gallon font was just Yeah, if you're bringing a hose to it, it's more convenient. Right. Right. But even sometimes tipping it over and keeping it in the pan and tipping it over means that the amount of water that you are still contributing to the bottom of the pan is a lot more than if you'd been able to carry that out and dump it outside of the pan. So, you know, and let's go back before before we finish up. Let me go through some of the, the number of inches you need to have per bird, at least for chickens, um, for water space. So if you've got, you know, a, chicks that just arrived there in their first week, you can have one gallon water for 100 chicks, okay? That's, that's enough for 100 baby chicks. Anywhere from one week old to three weeks old, that's where you need um, like a third to or, or 0.3 to 0.4 of an inch per chick. Um, so you're going to need several one-gallon um, watering fonts. Mm-hmm. As the birds get older, from week four to nine, then you need half an inch per chick. Um, and, you know, you can get that done with several, you know, two-gallon waters, five-gallon waters, that, that'll meet the needs of the birds. Okay, so from 10 weeks to 20 weeks, each bird needs an inch. An inch um, of either circular space or, or linear space. And remember, on a water trough, you've got two sides of the water trough. So don't, don't forget that. There's two sides of the water trough. So if your water trough is a foot long, you actually have two feet of space for birds to, to access there. Um, and then, of course, laying hens, um, all the way through the time that they're laying and molting and starting a next laying cycle and giving you yummy eggs, an inch per bird is, is how much space you need uh, of open water trough space, since I think that's what the majority of your listeners um, have access to uh, easily at their local food store. Um, some watering systems actually flush periodically um, and then refill and I think Stromberg's has one of those systems that seems like it's more for cage watering systems but it'll work in a backyard block too um, if you can set it up on a timer it'll, it'll flush automatically at a, at a preset amount of time and it'll flush out any of the um, impurities or collection of feathers or shavings or dust and, you know, that actually did come from, like, the cage watering system with some of the, the larger parrots. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being able to reach in there without getting bit is important. <laughs> so, um, you know, big borrow and steal from wherever you can find innovation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and appreciate it for what it can give you and for what its drawbacks are. And, and folks... Um, if we can, we're going to get as many different nipple water or, or um, open watering systems for you to see at Cooptastic so you can pick it up, manipulate it. Can you get your hand in there? How easy is it for you to close back up? What are the threads like? Um, you know, we want to have that kind of equipment there for you with our vendors so you can see, okay. My hand is way too big, but uh, all right, this next size up will work just fine for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I can lift that. 
you know, all those things are considerations and, and your feed store may not carry everything that's out there, but it might be an opportunity for you to go about finding something new and innovative for your flock that's a real problem solver for you personally. But what was your question, Andy? One thing to look at, I want to mention too, is folks, um, some do, some don't, some do more than others. But if you're doing any type of water additives, and so I know, like, again, to mention, and unfortunately, I don't think he's uh, making them anymore, but the chicken fountain, he had a way that if you wanted to add, we'll just say, because we just talked about it, uh, a scoop of chicken delight, or uh, for those, for whatever reason, or adding, say, apple cider vinegar, or you want to add some other type of probiotic or prebiotic or any type of additive to the water, you want to make sure that when you're looking at a system to buy, if you do that, that have an, ac uh, an access route or some way to add your additive to the water source for your chickens. Some may and some may not have that when you're going to look at that, something to think about. And I used to like the Bright Path water because they had plugs on the side that you could just pop out and then they had a, a great scrubber. Yeah, clean them. Um, so mm -hmm. the, the forethought for, for cleaning and, um, you know, the, the circulation uh, that the water had for that little two nipple system that hung out on the front of the, the water that was um, potentially growing bacteria that was part of the thought process so I mean I guess the real future as I see it in, in nipple drinker and open um, watering systems is the stand that they sit on or the way to keep the water that gets knocked over or bumped and splashes out, keeping that out of the litter and the shading. That's where I really am excited to see some of these great backyard flock mines go hard at work in collecting that water in a way that's easy for a flock owner to um, then go dump it um, and keeping that litter clean and dry so you don't get as much ammonia production. Of course, that's probably something that... <laughs> Like Sweet PDC doesn't want you to invest in other you treat the litter for ammonia, <laughs> but you can you can have a multi-pronged approach. But there you go. Yep, and then Maybe also it'll be made by Sweet PDC. The there you go. Uh, the the um, uh, what was I going to say about the Bright Tap? Yeah, that you could literally get a large igloo cooler. And, and replace the spout of it with the uh, bright tap, and then you put cool water in that, and it's because it's a, a, an actual igloo cooler. Yeah, your water there's a couple of cooler. different products that that do that. It's either um, you know either a side um, nipple system where you could use any kind of cooler, um, not styrofoam, um, but you know having a cooler means that your water stays cooler even if it's in direct sunlight. It'll stay cooler for longer, um, in theory. But, um, yeah, there's a couple of different products out there. Um, and if you're, if you're handy, you can make your own. Cool. I'm going to go to a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to ask Dr. McCray. We touched on it, but kind of to say, okay, so if I have a five-gallon water font, uh, we touched this at the beginning. If I have a five-gallon water font and I have uh, nine chickens and I fill that up on Monday and it is in the shade um, or in their coop, which happens to be in the shade, and they actually, those nine chickens, drink that down to where I feel like I need to put more water in it on Wednesday, uh, does that meet the definition of, hey, I, you know, I, I'm providing um, fresh water to my chickens in this, this 
format. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that because uh, just to get a maybe a simple answer, and maybe not a simple answer because we've talked a lot about it during the show, but we'll, we'll uh, follow back on that question earlier in the show when we return right after this show at break. So stay with us, folks. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Kombuk! From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H-Feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Alrighty, as we start to wrap up the show all about chicken waterers with our good friend, Dr. Bridget McRae, um, I'll kind of start wrapping it up with, with letting you kind of know, 10 years ago when I started touring and providing workshops and teaching, you know, I, I could cover most of the different water choices there were for a backyard chicken keeper. But uh, as probably uh, four and five years ago, it got to the point to where we came to chicken waterers, it was like, you got to do your own research because we just don't have enough time in this two-hour class to go through all the different waterers that are now available. So do your own diligence, do your research. There's the nipple waterers, there's the metal waterers, the plastic waterers, the uh, you know all these different types, and it, it, we just don't have enough time. So go, you know, do do your own research. So again, back in the day, we were kind of limited, and as the uh, hobby grew, uh, many many and, and people became more uh, innovative and said, you know, I don't like this. I'm going to come up with my own. There's a lot that are that 
that are out there that you have to choose from. So uh, look at them all and come to Cooptastic and look at the ones we have there and you can kind of choose. Maybe you'll find something better than that you like better than you're using uh, currently uh, in your backyard settings. So there is a ton of options out there for you. And we didn't even talk about the cups, which are kind of like uh, just a tiny little cup with a little, uh, I guess, a, a plastic rod in there that the chicken hits the rod and the fills the cup, and then they drink out of the cup. And uh, so, so again, there's still things that we haven't even touched on in this hour show all about chicken waterers. And um, but definitely do your research and try some things. Um, Dr. McCray, um, kind, of, kind of back to you for those folks like well. I kind of fit into that category. So we have the five-gallon water fonts. Uh, we It's worked well for us over the years, and we're at the point now where I don't fall into that category anymore of, well, if I fill this five-gallon water font, then it's going to get me two or three days. I got so many crazy chickens here on the farm that a five-gallon water, we're pretty much filling those every day anyway. <laughs> so, so we're out there every day with the water hose and toting water and filling waterers, so that doesn't apply to me anymore. But at one time, uh, when I had a smaller number of chickens starting out, you know, 15 years ago, it's okay, I've got a five-gallon water font, and I've got nine chickens, and I fill it up on Monday. I don't have to fill it up again and clean it until Wednesday or Thursday. Um, do I fall into the category of, yes, I provide fresh, clean water to my chickens? Is that is that acceptable? Or regardless of what system we have, and well, in that situation, do I need to go out and empty out the two and a half gallons that are that are in that and fill it up every day? And that may be a loaded question, but that's we wow we've discussed this uh, many times over the years for those folks that have, and many of them do fall in that category of I've got the five gallon water font. And it takes them three or four days to, 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 I need to refill it. Am I doing the right thing? Here's the question that I want you, everyone to ask themselves. Mm-hmm. Would you drink from it? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> gotcha. That's how my father raised me. He said, if you won't drink that water, don't ask your animals to drink that water. That's excellent. So if it's three days later, would you drink a glass of it? Mm-hmm. You may. Your gut may hate you. But, <laughs> you know, if it's dirty, don't drink it. Don't ask your chickens to drink it. Um, now, like a full scrub down should probably be weekly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's fair. You know, if you've got an extra one on hand so that they won't be without while you're doing the cleaning, that that's prudent planning. But... Not everybody has the time or space for keeping that kind of equipment on hand. Yes. So I do, I do that with our trough, our big troughs for the cows and the goats. We got the big, you know, big. Uh, I guess it's the galvanized metal. I don't know how many gallons or hundred, three hundred gallon. I, I do. I, I ask myself that question when I'm out and I'm, the cows are kind of gathering around. I'm like, I look at their water trough. Do I need? Do I need? Do I need to change that out today? What would I drink that water? You know, if is is that to me acceptable? And then if not, then sure enough, it's a little bit of a pain. But I'll drain the rest out and I'll scrub it down and I'll sit out there with the hose until that 300 gallons is is filled back up. Because like you said, it's and your it's, animals. It's in. Are you in a hurry? If you're in too much of a hurry, then you need to kind of think about. All right, am I am I really doing this for the right reason? Mm-hmm. This is fair. I think that's a fair question too. Would you drink out of that? Um, and uh, yeah, super. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us as you come on. Let's see, we're the first and the third Thursday of every month. So uh, pop up my calendar here. It looks like, based on your schedule, we'll be back on the 15th of August. And by then, we'll have even more information, I'm sure, about Pooptastics to share with all of our listeners. And um, we'll, we hope to have everything ready somewhere between August 10th and August 15th to give you a link to sign up as an attendee for the 299 all-inclusive package. So somewhere between the 10th and 15th, we should have all of that ready to just say, hey, to sign up, to register, go to this link, go to this website and sign up. We'd love to have you there. And the main deadline driving that is to get the full page ad in Chicken Whisperer magazine for the fall issue. And that's my deadline for that. So I've got to have it done by then. And that's what's pushing the deadline. If you're a sponsor or want to be a vendor at Cooptastic, you can also reach out to us, cw at chickenwhisperer.com, cw at chickenwhisperer.com. We would love to have you. And we have special vendor packages as well um, if you want to come and showcase your business and feature your products. So we'd love to have you at Cooptastic. So um, any, th- any, any last words of wisdom, Dr. McCray, before we let you go and wrap up the show? Nope, that's it. Thank you for having me on. You bet. We appreciate you, and we appreciate all of you tuning in today to Backyard Poultry, brought to you by Kambach Foods, uh, Kambach Feeds. And, well, hey, we'll see you next time, next Thursday, right here on Blog Talk Radio, 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>